everyone. Happy New Year. This is the Red and White Authority. I'm Art Regner. This is episode 188. And as always, the Red and White Authority is brought to you by Labatt Blue. Whether it's winter, spring, summer, or fall, what better way to end your hard day of work or rest and relaxation, whatever you end up doing. But when it's time to end the day, nothing's better than an ice-cold, frothy Labatt Blue. It is the official Canadian beer of the Detroit Red Wings, but we do ask that you drink our premium beer responsibly. And with that said, this is a, uh, a show that uh, we do every year, and people have been asking me about it, and it usually happens just before uh, the holiday break or the Christmas break or in between Christmas and New Year's. This year, through scheduling conflicts and whatever, we're doing it now on January 2nd, and of course I'm talking about Team Nutritionist, my buddy, my friend, uh, Miss Personality as I like to call her, uh, Lisa McDowell joins us uh, for our traditional look at uh, health and nutrition and resolutions and everything that everybody does this time of year. Lisa, thanks for joining us. Thank you, Art, and Happy New Year. I'm dying to hear about your New Year's resolutions. <laughs> yeah, well, my New Year's resolution <laughs> is to keep uh, keep up what I started last February, and uh, which has worked out well for me. But before we get into that, and I definitely do want to touch upon that, because I know uh, what makes this podcast always uh, so popular is that not only do we talk about the Red Wings and health and nutrition and from a professional athlete standpoint, but also this is something that Red Wings fans and just people in general can relate to. Health and nutrition is obviously uh, extremely important to everybody. And uh, uh, But with that said, I, I, I want to ask you, um, just to start off, is that I've always thought about this, that the, you know, I go in the Red Wing room virtually every single day. I talk to the fellas now that we're allowed back, uh, uh, back in the room. And it's such an international locker room, uh, which <laughs> has so many like cultures blended in as a nutritionist. Do you get feedback from these players where perhaps a guy from Sweden or Finland or wherever says, I like this food. Can I eat it? Uh, and what have you kind of learned? Uh, is it just the North American diet that's screwed up or is everybody's diet a bit screwed up? No, I think the North American diet is the one with the most challenge, right? Because <laughs> it's so hard between uh, USA and Canada to be successful with uh, what's in our food environment and I think the last count, we had 13 between USA and Canada and 14 from Europe. So I know we have a couple of Finns and I think four Czechs, right? right. Six Swedes, one Swiss and one German, right? And right. So that's 14. So, so yeah, it's it's been so much fun learning about the food cultures and the preferences of our players. And Oh, sometimes, you know, I, I, I try to do the best I can, especially on the road with with appealing to everybody's favorites and in, in what they like to eat, especially after such a high performance game. But sometimes I just miss the mark. And um, I, I'd say I hear it from the Czechs the most that they just want meat and potatoes. <laughs> um, it, you know, they, they don't want these healthy Buddha bowls all the time. Can, can we just get some simple meat and potatoes? It's, it's kind of funny. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, you know, it, it's really interesting. I was talking to Mo Sider the other day, and I, I, I was asking him about, uh, you know, any kind of traditions or what he did for New Year's or a uh, special meal maybe that he had over the holidays. And he said that his girlfriend, I guess, is, is a vegetarian. So he made vegetarian lasagna and thought it was good. And then I misplaced that as thinking that he was going to become a vegetarian. <laughs> and he said, no, no, I still like meat. And I guess, you know, I, I um, you know, I'm, my last name's German. I'm, I'm of German descent along with Greek and Irish and mostly yep. Greek, though. I will say that. Um, uh, but but with that said, uh I always assumed, based on my dad's family, which is the German side and Irish, actually, but that they love their meat and potatoes. I mean, they love heavy, rich foods. Is, is that a challenge, or is that true? Or as an American, do we just make all these assumptions about different cultures, which really probably aren't correct? 
Yeah, I think you're right. They're not um, any worse than the American diet. That is for sure. And if anything, most likely better. And I'd give a huge shout out to our chef, Bill, uh, who takes care of the Red Wings meals. He goes to great length to try to bring some of the favorites from the different cultures to the Red Wing locker room. And he also tries to put, you know, a healthier spin. So not all ingredients are created equally. And we know that cheap ingredients mean a larger profit for restaurants. And so when we're looking to, you know, arrange for high quality food for our players, we're trying to use oils that do not increase inflammation. So things like extra virgin olive oil or avocado oil, instead of some of the other oils that are out there that have been hydrogenated and we know are, are really kind of dangerous for our health. And so looking at what, what the challenges are, we're really looking at whole unprocessed foods, not things that you reach for a box and, you know, or, or a whole bag of potato chips. We're, we're looking for high quality foods here. Well, yeah, you know what's interesting, and I, I really am going to show how ignorant I am. Uh, you know, like I did say, you know, being of, uh, you know, half of my family and my mother 100% Greek, that, you know, I've eaten olives and olive oil and, you know, pretty good Mediterranean stuff my whole life, along with what my dad insisted that we eat. And uh, uh, the, the thing that I just recently found out is that an olive, which I love olives, is actually a fruit. I always thought it was a vegetable. I guess it doesn't really matter, but it's really weird when you start to look into different things that you like and you find out the history of the nutritional value. It, it really is kind of an interesting read. It, it is. And, you know, if you look at the, the typical um, American behavior, like we're, we're eating out 20 times a month, typically, wow. and that's in the Midwest. You know, in New York City, it's much higher than that. Um, but the average restaurant meal has like 50 grams of sugar and over four tablespoons of oil. So if you conservatively just look at 20 times a month, what that adds up to, you're getting over 12,000 grams of sugar, right? Right. And, which is 3,000 teaspoons of sugar and over 960 tablespoons of these cheap oils in a year. Um, coming from our behavior of eating out. So the more that we can prepare our own food and choose whole unprocessed ingredients to put a meal together, the healthier we're all going to be. Wow. So uh, I guess the moral of this story is, and we're certainly not knocking restaurants. And, you know, as Lisa just pointed out, uh, most of us eat out 20 times a month. Uh, uh, but the fact is, is that maybe the more you can prepare your own food and, and eat at home, maybe the better for your health. Definitely. Definitely. Yeah. Well, that's, uh, well, that's something to, uh, to look at. Now, what's interesting is, is though you deal with a professional hockey club, obviously the Red Wings. I mean, these guys are always on the go and, uh, uh, and, and I would imagine that's why pretty much you travel with them on the road to make sure that they, uh, may not be strained from uh, what's good for them. Yeah, and that that is one of the biggest challenges. And I would say even, you know, some of the fanciest places, um, it, it's interesting to see how our food system has really evolved to convenience. Like, for example, one of the favorites for breakfast is omelets. But many, many places try to offer <laughs> eggs in a box, you know, cartons right. where they've already been cracked and there's, things added to that and you know we just want eggs you know for the omelet so it, it's it is interesting and I ask a lot of questions and I'm sure people think I'm a big pain but um, just trying to get the best quality ingredients things that are minimally processed so that they can recover and adapt to their training load because we know that these habits th these routines when they're working so hard and they're trying to get great hydration and good sleep and they're adapting to their training loads and their game loads that the only way that they're going to get better and adapt to those loads is with recovery and so rob our strength coach is making post-game shakes and then they're getting a meal and, and so we're trying to deliver all of these special 
micronutrients um, called bioactives that actually impact the biochemistry in the body. There, there are certain pathways that help uh, with inflammation. Um, and so if, if given at the right time, um, they can really make your um, adaptation to the heavy exercise a little less painful. You know, one example at the arena is we have a cold press juice machine. So we cold press turmeric and ginger in the third period. And then we give the guys um, shots of turmeric and ginger when the game is over, especially important on a back-to-back -back situation so that their um, recovery is accelerated. Wow. And, you know, I, you know, I've been on the road, obviously, with the Red Wings, and I, I know that you used to have that secret concoction that you wouldn't tell us about. <laughs> um, do you still do that, or is it now turmeric and, and ginger pretty much? No. So we, we do... Um, we, we have a list of uh, some of the healthiest foods that contain, you know, I, I think the point is not all food is created equal. Mm -hmm. And what, what you get in a hot dog is very different than what you're getting in broccoli sprouts or blueberries. <laughs> and so, well, the, the hot dogs in Montreal are very popular. We need to definitely get some of these bioactive compounds that are what I call micronutrient dense to the players at the key times. I love, you know, watching the culture on the team and the, you know, they're very, they're professionals and they know, and they're looking for the good things and they know what that 80%, 20% rule <laughs> and where to spend that 20%, um, you know, enjoying life. Uh, yeah, I, I want to ask you, and I want to touch on the 80-20% rule, because a program that I'm in, uh, that that I've talked to you about, they also um, prescribe, I guess, to the 80-20 rule, which is really an interesting thing, and I and I, and it gives you some leeway, actually. So I, 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 I want to get into that, but uh, one of your jobs, because, you know, obviously you can't prepare food on the road. You're in one town and out the other. You usually get there the night before a game play the game and then you're back on the plane going to the next city or going back to Detroit. How often, how do you know every healthy restaurant on the NHL circuit, so to speak? I mean, are, 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 <laughs> I do, <laughs> I do. I have a spreadsheet of three or four in each city and it's who's kind enough to, to be willing to come deliver to us at nine 30 in Buffalo in a snowstorm. <laughs> right. <laughs> So I would assume it, now, even though, but human beings and, you know, I, you know, the old, the old cliche variety is a spice of life. How difficult is it? Because I think that's what people think when they start dieting or they look at eating nutritious, that you're eating the same thing day in and day out and it tastes the same and it's bland. I would assume based on what you do, that's really not the case. No. And, you know, I think we try to overcomplicate the process so much, right? Nutrition mm -hmm. has become a complicated message and it really doesn't need to be. I think if people can focus on real whole foods and, and putting those together into a meal that you're going to do just fine. Now, uh, I, I would imagine in, in going back to the cultural thing, because the Red Wings are a uh, uh, you know, a, a certainly a melting pot of nations. Yep. Uh, are there some foods that maybe because, you know, you're a North American, much like me, and, you know, a, a highly trained and exceptional at what you do, is there maybe something that you found from another culture that you've now incorporated that in the beginning when you started, uh, you know, a few years ago, shall we say, that, uh, uh, that you found, wow, this is good and it's really nutritious and I never heard of it before. Yeah, I, I think some of the favorites from the Nordic diet have become very mainstream to our training table. Um, the the Swedes and the Finns, they, they've brought some really interesting concepts. Even, you know, the sauna and the cold therapy, that, that comes from uh, the Nordic area as well. But looking at the, the wild uh, salmon and then the, some of the teas and the berries, we do have those available on our training table. And again, just trying to provide access. Um, we, we do order the same food um, 
for all of our training meals uh, pre-game so the guys can expect and rely on high quality foods available to them on game day. And those foods always include leafy greens, berries, avocados, and then I'm making shakes in the morning that have uh, turmeric and ginger and lemon and berries as well. There's teas available, salmon, there's nuts and nut butters, chia seeds, um, ground flax seeds, and oatmeal, broccoli, watermelon, sweet potatoes, dark chocolate, all the things that really have these amazing bioactive ingredients that can help them get ready. Wow. I, I mean, so it, it sounds like it's a cornucopia of flavors, truly. Yep, it is. But pasta reigns supreme. <laughs> Really, they you know now pasta because of car- carbohydrates. Do the regular average Joe like me or, or or average? I don't know what average Joe is for for a female. Average Joanne, I guess, or something. But <laughs> I, I mean, they, do they have to watch though their carbohydrates intake if they're not, let's say, a professional athlete? Yeah, we we like to use the Olympic handouts for easy training days, moderate training days, and harder training days. And of course, the carbohydrate intake goes up um, on the night before a game and game day so that we're optimizing our glycogen stores to, to carry us through, you know, a good three hours of hockey. And so on off days, they, they may decrease um, their intake. They, you would never probably catch them eating a ginormous serving of pasta on a non-game day. That, that seems to be more of a game day ritual just to top off the glycogen stores. Um, some will choose sweet potatoes and over pasta or rice over pasta or, or other vegetables. But the key is hockey needs glycogen. Um, be, being on like a ketogenic diet for hockey would never work. Um, they, they, they have these enormous muscles that need to be fueled with topping off their glycogen. And so that tends to be at our lunch, which gives us enough time to optimize those glycogen stores. You know, you, 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 you say something really interesting, and, and I know that they're professional athletes, yet we talked earlier off the air, and uh, I, I don't know if it's a goal or people are living longer because people, you know, of, of, of the general walks of life are, are, are very attuned now to their bodies and, and trying to be healthier. I think most everybody is consciously trying to you know, be healthy, but this live to a 100 concept or that there's some variables that, you know, live as long as you can live without disease. And some of those practices are what athletes do every day. If you could kind of explain that, I know that uh, I'm being a little vague here for the audience, but this was really something that you touched upon, which, which I found fascinating. I I think it is such an amazing lesson to see the dynamics in professional sports because they have really taken the lessons of what we call the blue zones, which comes from the the areas in the world where people live to 100. And not only do they live, but they thrive. They have a great um, health span. And they, you know, at age 100, they're, they're still climbing mountains and working. So I think that's the goal. Everybody wants to feel good as long as possible. And when you look at what those practices are that have been studied, it's being connected to others, right? So belonging, having, having a sense of family. And of course you have that on a team, you know, you you just watching it in action art is just so much fun for me. Um, I I know, you know, our, our locker room uh, attendants, Brady and JR and Paul Boyer, to, to see them hyping these guys up in between periods, it's it's like a show. It's like a Broadway show. <laughs> Every time there's, you know, there it's just this togetherness, this this sense of um, you know belonging and, and being a support for one another. So that that's part of the culture that's just uh, built in having the team. But then just moving naturally, um, whether it's in the weight room or skating, you know, they, they're exercising quite a bit. Um, making sure that they're recovering. Um, you know, other concepts are having a good, um, I, I would say, downshift plan. So how to manage stress, you know, when we're not winning, making sure that we're um, doing everything we can to get a good good night's sleep. And then um, they, the, in the blue zones, they believe in a glass of wine, uh, connecting with others to, to uh, unwind. 
putting your loved ones first, um, getting more plants and beans and teas and herbs and spices on your plate. So making sure that you have those, those great bioactives, that 80% rule of, um, you know, not overdoing it, not eating 20 hours a day, but maybe cutting off after 12 hours. And then of course, um, having a sense of purpose. And I think, um, Coach Newsy gives them all <laughs> their sense of purpose daily, which is to go out and uh, get a win. Well, you know, it's interesting, you know, and certainly, obviously, you and I knew, you know, Jeff Blaschel. I, I consider Jeff Blaschel a friend. I've known him. I knew him long before he became Red Wing coach and all that. Uh, uh, do you find that? Uh, and I know that uh, uh, Jeff and uh, Derek Lalone. Um, who is nicknamed Newsy. I, I have a real difficult time calling a grown man Newsy, so I, I usually refer to him <laughs> as Derek. Uh, but but do you find similarities because they, they kind of came from the same pedigree and Ferris State, and they were both coaches that they're both kind of very similar in their approach to diet and nutrition? Yeah, they, they both um, have placed a, a great emphasis on these daily decisions and I think, you know, it's, it's the buildup over time of what our habits are and what our choices are. And so we, we put the good things out there, hoping, you know, that this is the, the culture that the, the guys lean toward. And I, I feel that creating a successful environment, really optimizing our environment in every way that we possibly can makes it easy. So there's, we, we like to call it friction. The more friction you can create around the bad choices, the, the, the least likely they're going to, you know, go that way. So we're, we're trying to really um, just fix the small choices so that I think we're a reflection of where we were like six months ago. Right. right. So those habits build up every day. And the, the saying is never miss twice. Like if you miss once, okay. But, but to really make that habit hardwired, not to miss twice. And so I, I feel that culture is definitely in, in our locker room. But, you know, I, I guess people sit here and think, well, okay, listen, you two are talking about this and, you know, but you're dealing with professional athletes, guys who realize that, you know, they have to be at their, their, their very best and peak performance. So everything is geared towards obviously going on the ice and competing and winning hockey games. Uh, that's what professional athletes do. Yet, uh, there is some fun to it, and and you texted me a couple pictures. Uh, David Perron was had his one thousandth game, and I could not believe it. There was actually pizza without pepperoni because he doesn't like it, with like one thousand written on it that I you know that you had made, and also it looked like chocolate cupcakes with one thousand on the frosting. Uh, so and and I guess that goes into which you know which I'd like you to that explain 80, that twenty that yep. eighty twenty rule exactly. If you could let people know because it is possible to turn it around, and it doesn't. It takes effort. But once you get into that routine, it's easy how your body and how your mind adapt to something like that. Yeah, I, I think that we try to make it fun. And I, again, I, I've learned so much being part of the team. This is my 12th season. And I, I learned so much from the players because they really do understand what makes their bodies feel the very best that they can feel. And they're open to the advice. We look at blood work together. We correct any deficiencies. We're trying to optimize, making them look perfect on paper. We actually used a new, a new lab company that tells the players their biological age versus their chronological age. So we can see how old we are, um, how we're aging versus how old we really are chronologically. And we're actually younger, which is great. Um, but it, it gives it, it gives us a, a way to have a conversation with each player to see where the opportunities for, you know, maybe improving a magnesium, for example. Um, sometimes that can wake you up with a, a Charlie horse, a, a muscle cramp. And uh, so we don't want them to be deficient in anything. So I think that that 80-20 is probably the biggest lesson that I've learned from the players is just how to lighten up a little bit and have fun. And so um, 
most guys will say that if we have pizza after a game, they're usually just eating one slice and then they're going for the good stuff uh, that's catered uh, to the airplane on the, on the ride home. Right. So essentially 80, 20 is, I, I think people to maybe put it in simplistic terms and correct me if I'm wrong, is that 80% of the time <laughs> eat well and, and know what you're doing. You've got 20%, but like anything, in that, let's say in a week, an 80-20 concept during the week is is that don't go hog wild and think, okay, uh, I'm going to do my 20% in one setting. That is probably not the way to go. Right. Correct. <laughs> I, I, You know, for us, I think it, it's that downtime that they have with each other. Maybe they're going to a Lions or a Pistons game. Right. And- having a couple of beers there, you know, that that's, that's how they choose to spend their 20%. And now I, I, I will say this too, and this, this will warm your heart. Uh, uh, you know, I, I, again, stereotyping as an American, what I believe a German's diet would be. I told Mo, well, I know you're probably into sausages and all that kind of stuff, bratwurst, but you do not like hot dogs, right? North American hot dogs. Those must gross you out. And he kind of admitted that he's not a big hot dog fan. So I'm sure that probably makes you happy. Yeah. I, I, you know, I, I try to learn, you know, what each player likes that that's a little bit special. And I work with our chef and uh, Reggie and Leslie and um, Leslie takes good care of the guys, getting them what they like. She's the best. I mean, now, is there one thing that, regardless of culture, a prevalent junk food or something, if these guys could vote, that that would be like when they're when they're going when they're going off the eighty and into the twenty mode, something that they all would love to indulge in? I would say it's beer, ice cream, and pizza. <laughs> they're human that, beings. That, they're that, men. That's that's got to be 99% of those extras. Yeah. <laughs> and, and still Danny DeKaiser, is he still the only player, former Red Wing Danny DeKaiser, that could eat pizza at will or cheeseburgers and not gain weight? Yeah, I, I would say Elmer has been a, a, a challenge and Mo as well. Um, even um, Phil Horonic, you know, some of the guys – uh, right, right about now in January is when we start to see their weights dropping off, and we're exposed to viruses um, from traveling in in tight, you know, proximity with each other. And so, if if somebody gets a little cold or flu, and then they're trying to keep up with um, the the demands, the rigor of training and playing and eating, it it, it gets to be a challenge. Uh, I read statistics in hockey that the at the end of the season that the average uh, weight loss is over like five pounds um, from when they started the season. So it is a challenge to get enough calories, I think, across the board, just because when you're done playing, you just don't feel hungry. All of your blood has been uh, perfusing the muscles to skate. And so there's not a lot of blood flow going to the stomach. So we stand there with food and shakes and they, they just look at us like, Oh, not yet. I can't, but like on a back to back, there's that window that we really want to get it in quickly. Cause they're playing, you know, maybe in 20 hours again. And so, um, that, that's a challenge. I I'd say Danny was definitely an outlier. He, he really had quite, um, a metabolism, but I'm finding some of the players with these large body surfaces like Elmer, he's, you know, he's really uh, got to make sure he's paying attention to getting enough calories. Well, it, now it's, it's part of that just because, of the, you know, they're large. I mean, I, Elmer's like six, at least six, eight, uh, most six, four, most cider. Um, but they're young men. Is that just part of where they're at in their age process where young people seem physically fit seem to burn a lot of calories or, yeah, you know, is, is that part of it? Like when they both, you know, when they both hit 30, you know, they could balloon up into, you know, not mammoth men, <laughs> but you know, they, they, could, they, yeah. they could put a little paunch on. It does add that variable of synergy uh, where you've got their age and their muscle mass and their body surface, <laughs> which uh, makes it uh, really nice for them because they, they get to eat as much really as they want. Um, but 
I, I have a hard time imagining Danny ever having a weight problem. Um, but, but our metabolism does slow as we age, you are correct. But as you keep the muscle mass on and, and you choose behaviors like, um, you know, going for a walk after meals to make sure you're not spiking your blood sugar, things like that can really help prevent the weight gain. Yeah, I, I, I look at it and it's really interesting as they're, when they're athletes and now, you know, obviously I know a lot of athletes that are currently professionals and former professional athletes and how difficult is this to maintain either an 80, 20 or to keep up that regimen and routine. Some guys, after they're done playing, I look at them and they look like they could step right back out on the ice. You know, some, yeah. you know, might've put on maybe 10 to 15 pounds more, but they still look athletic. And then there's other guys that just, you're like, Oh my God, I didn't even recognize him. Uh, yeah. I, I mean, so, so this is a difficult thing but I guess my point being, and why I'm telling you this, is that it has to be a lifelong th yep. thing too, right? Commitment, I, I guess. Yep. I think it's about awareness and how much they know. I think in hockey, they received so much education on grocery shopping, cooking healthy recipes, that, that they're well equipped to continue that after retirement. And I don't think Nick would mind me sharing this example, but mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> during training camp, uh, Nick Lidstrom opted in to having his blood work analyzed and his biological age compared to how old, how old he is, came back over 10 years younger. Oh so he's somebody who at, like they thought he was a player. They, they put him in our player averages. <laughs> he looked just incredible, which, doesn't probably surprise any of your listeners because he's very committed to healthy uh, choices and has always led by example. And it, it was just fascinating to see his immune system and how he looked on paper uh, continuing well after retirement. Uh, you know, that's why I always told him that he could play till 50. He had to play till 50. And lo and behold, he did not. Uh, and that was more of a mental grind because he knew physically he could probably do it. But as he aged, he said the physical, the workouts that he would have had to do to maintain his level of excellence, which is perhaps the greatest defenseman of all time uh, in NHL history, or certainly one of the greatest, um, it would have had to increase. It was, you know, it almost sounded like he'd had to be working out like 12 hours a day to keep the level yeah. that he was used to. Yet, Again, maybe he can't play professional hockey anymore, although I think you can, Nick. Uh, but but that he he still has adopted that healthy lifestyle where a man who's, I think he's now 50, looks 40 or has the body oh, of a 40-year-old. Yeah, yeah. I, I think it brings a lot of hope to, you know, the listeners here that these small choices really do add up in our investment. Sometimes we break our new year's resolutions because we're looking for immediate uh feedback and so if you think about it like if you eat a cookie that immediate feedback is positive you feel good um but if you go to the gym and you're sore the immediate feedback is not so great <laughs> right. right like you're you're creaky you're like oh man this is overrated um but looking at where you want to be a week from now two weeks from now we really crave what we eat the day before because of the way our microbiome works. So if you have a big salad full of different veggies and fiber and avocados, um, then you start to crave that. And, um, but if you choose to you know, select potato chips and other things that aren't as good uh, for us, then that's what you end up craving the next day. So you just have to give it a little bit of time and, and have some awareness and uh, really try to stick with it um, because they, these little small decisions, even if they're just a five minute walk after a meal, it can really decrease your uh, blood glucose and your insulin response, which can really help prevent type two diabetes and putting extra weight on. Right now, I've always heard if you can do it, now, people say, okay, well, you know, but God, at breakfast, you know, I'm always in the go, but I want to eat something and, and then, but then I have to get in the car and go to work or, you know, lunch is the same thing. You know, I go, you know, I only get an hour and, you know, and I'm busting my, uh, my hump to get back, you know, cause I'm at the 58 minute mark or whatever. Um, if I'm able to, let's say after dinner, I have a nice full meal and then I get up and I walk for 10 minutes 
that's good, but let's say, okay, well, I'll eat three meals a day, so I'm going to walk 30 minutes to make up for the, you know, the, the 10 that I missed at lunch and the 10 that I missed at breakfast. The body does not work that way, or does it? Well, it's the old saying, Art, the best exercise is the one that you will do. As a habit, whatever you can do, creating tiny habits, even if it's just five minutes, I think people just need to take time to look at how they're expending their their energy and what they're putting their time into. Do, Do you scroll social media for five minutes? Do you watch Netflix? Like, like you, you kind of want to be honest with yourself, like where your time is. Um, we, we make time for the people and the things that we truly love. And if you can begin with just five minutes and, and work that five minutes into your day, and if you can't do it before you get in the car to go to work, maybe you just take the steps at work for five minutes, um, right? And just just get these little uh, micro breaks of uh, healthy snacks in. So healthy little five minute exercise snacks. Um, they, they do something at the hospital where we, we, we all do a plank at 11 o'clock for five minutes. You know, it's, it, everybody can five five minutes, I think. Well, yeah, I want to ask you something now, and this has been debated. You know, when I first decided it's time to get back into shape, it was 10,000 steps a day. Now yep. I hear it's 7,500 steps a day. Um, and, and then be, the, the point being is if you get in 7,500 steps a day, um, that is like a level where you, you, I don't know if it's not gaining weight, but that's, that's you know, a, anything above 7,500, the benefits drop, shall I say, from the way I've understand it. Now I'm told, well, maybe it's not 7,500, maybe it's 8,000 steps a day. So again, as usual, <laughs> I'm extremely confused by this. Is there a number or yeah. is there not a number, Lisa? And I know I'm putting a lot of pressure on no. it. No, there, there actually is a number that, that's uh, in science, but I would say, again, we spend so much time overcomplicating the process. Right now, you are questioning the difference between 500 steps when you should just go walk, right? Right, like exactly. 7,500, yeah, 8,000, right. you know, that's 500 different steps. So I would, uh, the research from the American College of Sports Medicine is, is still the 10,000 uh, for weight maintenance, but then 15,000 for weight loss. However, if you do swimming and yoga and other things like that, then that has to be factored into your total daily goal. But I think, again, if everybody could just be honest uh, with how they spend their time, look for opportunities to just do a little bit better by maybe taking a 10-minute walk post-meals to to get rid of that uh, blood sugar spike, that would be great. Getting an extra glass of water before meals. I think so many people walk around a little bit dehydrated, um, not not getting enough uh, just simple water in. And then, you know, just taking the, the opportunity to also socially connect. Um, arguably, the data shows that if you're lonely or isolated, that that's one of the biggest factors that can really decrease your health span. And so finding the right people, the right tribe, maybe you don't want the buddies that want to, you know, booze it up every night. Maybe you want to find the, the guys that you can go play pickleball with um, and, and have similar health goals so that uh, as you age, you, you can uh, do the long hikes and, and uh, be outdoors. I think the other recommendation that is worth uh, stating as a goal and maybe a habit to consider is to get outside for a couple of minutes in the morning um, in, in, in getting some direct um, sunlight exposure when you first wake up before you get on your phone, before you get on any you know computers. But just to simply get outside, that can really help set the circadian rhythms at night for better sleep. And when you do that, um, then you also get the benefits of, of nature, especially if you're living around trees like pine trees. They actually, um, it's called, uh, it's a Japanese concept of forest bathing, that there's compounds in the air when you're out uh, around the trees that help our microbiome. So breathing as many natural environments, getting your feet in the sand um, when possible or getting in the water, all of these things really make us more resilient. You know, one thing that I, I really picked up and, you know, and 
uh, in, in our remaining few minutes here that we have, I, you, you know, you know, obviously, uh, you know, I haven't really talked to this story, although uh, I joined a program called uh, uh, called Rewind. I, I did actually uh, testimonial spots during Red Wing telecasts about about kind of the physical fitness journey that I was on. Uh, and it's affiliated through the University of Michigan, which, you know, I, I've told you about. But uh, in November of 2021, I had my annual physical, which, uh, you know, my doctor always tells me my blood work, everything comes back and says that, you know, people like 20 years younger than me would kill for my numbers, you know, for whatever. And, yep. You know, and I claim that that's the, uh, the Mediterranean side of, you know, I got the good Greek genes, you know, nothing against German yep. and Irish people. I love you too. <laughs> uh, but, uh, uh, but, you know, I feel fortunate that way, but I stepped, stepped on the scale and I was 290 pounds. And, you know, some of it was maybe pandemic related. I hadn't done much. I mean, I worked, but we did a lot of Zooms and all kinds of things. And, um, you know, I was stunned. I had never weighed that much, nowhere near that amount. So I joined this program, like I said, and um, it's worked out very, very well for me. And, uh, you know, as I speak, the lowest that I've got down to uh, was, uh, 191 pounds. So I almost lost a hundred pounds when I joined the program in February of 2022, I was 284.4. I tried to lose a little bit of weight on my own. It just wasn't happening. But, um, uh, uh this was a, uh, a program that, uh, I, I really, uh, have embraced yet, you know, I also cheat on it. So I guess my question to you, Lisa is, uh, uh, the one thing that if you do stray, don't think that all hope is lost. Don't guilt trip yourself. Just realize, okay, I can't change that. And then just go back to what you were doing to get you to where you want to go. That is absolutely right, Art. Of course, everybody wants perfection, but it's just not realistic. <laughs> I, I, I don't think anybody can be perfect all the time. And so instead of, like you said, beating yourself up over this, you just get back to uh, hardwiring in the ma making your environment support your choices, right? So right. if processed food is something that you really crave and, and you don't have um, the ability to kind of have it occasionally, but you, you have it all the time, then maybe you just don't bring it in your house. Um, right. the, the more the more friction you put into your environment to accessing it, you probably won't get in your car to drive 15 minutes to go buy it at 1030 at night, you're just going to go to sleep. So I think um, just priming your environment um, to, to, to really optimize what your goals are, and taking some time at night um, to think about it and, and to plan your next day, so that these small choices can really uh, make you feel great. So six months away from now, uh, these will stack up for a great summer. Well, you know, what's interesting is like, you know, and I've been on this extensive program, which, you know, it is a lifestyle change. And uh, even though I really strayed um, uh, over this holiday season, I put on at least 15, if not 20 pounds yet. I still, you know, I, you know, all my clothes and stuff I haven't been able to wear in years uh, fit me and all that. But I know that it's time to go back. And obviously I, I started uh, going uh, back and adapting to, you know, the, my lifestyle change. And, uh, you know, certainly um, I, I'm very happy with that. But the one thing that I'm really curious about, what I find interesting is cravings. If that if you crave something, is that more a physical that your body craves it or is that more mental? Because I find when I, when I eat like, let's say M&Ms for, or, or a piece of candy, then mm -hmm. all of a sudden I, you know, one's too many, a hundred, not enough. Uh, is, is that more my, is that my body just saying, Oh yeah, we love this sugar or these carbs or whatever it may be. Or is that just your mind saying, boy, it's welcome back. My friend, it's been too long. Yeah, I think this might be one of the easier things to fix by just staying with a plan for a good week because the microbiome changes so fast and these cravings are coming from receptors in the microbiome. So for example, uh, most of the serotonin that we, we have is in our GI tract. And so if you can get high fiber, colorful foods, then that, that starts to become, believe it or not, what you crave. And I bet 
as you were on your journey, you found that to be true. Right. Well, I, I started to, uh, I, I was so successful in the beginning. It wasn't exactly a liquid diet. It was uh, a shakes and soups to begin. In the first week on this program, I lost 20 pounds and they were freaking out. Uh, uh, you, you know, my doctor, my nutritionist uh, in the program saying, you're going to lose muscle mass. That's too quick. So then I started to eat two cups of vegetables a day, non-starchy vegetables, along with what I was doing. I was still losing because I must have a high metabolism. I, I, you know, I'm a pretty hyped up person, I guess. And so, you know, I, I, I really, really lost a lot of weight. I was type 2 diabetic, or I still am, but I, I don't take insulin anymore, uh, short term and long term. I mean, it couldn't have worked out better for me. And because of that, and I really wanted to get off insulin, and I know maybe I'm sharing a little too much, I mean, that in itself makes me want to continue doing this because I did not, I was taking an awful lot of insulin and my blood yeah. sugar was fine, but I figured this just, it's just too much. And so I, I made a lifestyle change. With all that said, I guess what I, what, what I want to ask, there's many people saying, okay, I don't know when they're going to listen to this. You know, we're doing this on January 2nd. And they might say, yeah, you know, I, I had a New Year's resolution. I already broke it. <laughs> uh, uh, or, yeah, it's easy for you to say. But somebody that's out there that wants to get healthier, that wants to, you know, live to 100, wants to be like a Red Wing, shall we say. Yeah. Uh, uh, yep. How should they start and how should they begin? Even though we already said, even if you stray in the 80-20 is great. I know that. And I was going to say, you're a big proponent of eat the rainbow. Eat, you've been yep. telling me that. And, you know, I used to joke with you and say my rainbow is Skittles. But uh, uh, but aside from that, what can they do? How can they begin and, and know that, you know, obviously this is a journey. It isn't a sprint. Yep, I think the awareness of how you're spending your time in understanding yourself better, looking for where there is time in the day to really optimize choices, whether that be grocery shopping or cooking. Um, I would say never underestimate what just one week of choosing healthy, whole unprocessed foods and good hydration and access to just walking a little bit daily, again, drinking enough water, going to bed by 10 o'clock, getting 10, 20 minutes of walking after each meal, swapping out those processed foods for um, real whole foods, um, maybe connecting with um, a friend or a family member uh, in person, eye contact, no phones out, just doing those simple things. Um, I think that whole picture makes you feel so much better in just giving it a week and, and then you may crave how you feel. I, I find that the patients that I work with, they want to feel better. Most people don't come to me in the hospital until they're in pain or they maybe have a diagnosis. Right now, uh, the statistics are two out of three Americans will be diagnosed with cancer or heart disease. And so the longer that we can delay a disease process, the, the longer our life will be with a, with a great health span. So these small choices that we make every single day with just, you know, moving more, connecting more and um, getting more plants on your plate, being hydrated and getting good quality sleep. I think that these um, really add up and instead of overcomplicating the process by trying to research, you know, what, what are the best running shoes? What, you know, just go. We spend way too much time overthinking when we just need to get started. Right. I, I mean, it's, it's you know, you may never be a Red Wing, but you can eat like a Red Wing or have For a sure. lifestyle like a Red Wing. <laughs> For sure. <laughs> I, I, I love the, the examples. Um, there, there's just so many good stories that I've had the chance to, to kind of watch where our Red Wings do bring this Blue Zone culture to life. Um, and have fun with it along the way. And I think that we, we shouldn't take this too seriously, but we can easily hardwire and optimize these choices so that we feel our best. Um, it, it's funny because some people do great with nutrition and exercise, but they're only sleeping five hours, five hours a night. Right. And we know that that presents its own problems. Um, and same thing with um, eating well and sleeping well, but not 
not moving enough, that that presents a problem. So I, I love some of the tests that they do to see how well you're aging. One is if you can just stand on one foot um, for a minute. Um, but then the other one is if you can stand on one foot, bend over, pick up your sock, put your sock on while you're still standing on one foot, and then bend over, pick up your shoe, tie your shoe, and then switch feet and do the opposite. Oh my God. And that just kind of shows you like, Balance wise, you know, we know falls are one of the biggest uh, downfalls as as uh, people get older. Um, if, if you fall, you're more likely um, to decline in health. And so having good balance is very important. And so just paying attention to healthy movement and stretching and, um, you know, getting as many of these health snacks in as possible. Yeah, I, I would say. Uh, you know, to, to, to people listening out there, uh, I, I have a lot of friends and, and I wear them too. If I'm going to have a long day, do not try to do the standing on one foot and put on a compression sock. No, that would be a challenge for sure. <laughs> maybe, maybe those barefoot socks, the, the hidden little ones. <laughs> yeah, I was, I was going to say, because that could be an Olympic sport. I mean, I think yep. trying to put on comp- compression stock, socks with balancing on one leg. Uh, but uh, uh, so let, let's wrap this all up. I mean, we've talked about the Red Wings, Lisa, and as uh, obviously it's always great to have you on and, uh, you know, usually we do it at least twice a year, but uh, during the, the the holiday season. First of all, I have to ask you about your holiday season because, you know, obviously you have always described holiday games and things that you play with your family and, you know, yeah. Christmas and, you know, it's, uh, you know, whoever wins gets to, you know, run four miles or whatever it is. And, you know, it sounds like, <laughs> like a lot well, of fun. Well, I'll, I'll, t- I'll tell you um, – the, the Detroit Red Wings have a ping pong table in, in the locker room and the players are amazing and the staff, they're amazing. I have not really had the courage to uh, put, put the, my name in the hat there to play, but it's, it's maybe a long-term goal. They, there's this uh, Japanese concept, uh, a ritual, it's called Masoji, where you, you look to do something really big and audacious um, that maybe impacts the other, you know, just one day a year, but it'll impact the other 364 days in a year. So maybe if I play ping pong every day, I'd get good enough to play Chef Bill because he's uh, he's on a roll right now. Really? Okay. Well, you know, maybe, maybe maybe I'll try to get in that tournament. I'm left-handed. Yeah. I don't know if that's a, an advantage or not in ping pong. Probably. <laughs> but uh, okay, let, let's wrap it up. First of all, obviously, eat the rainbow, which is which means if you're eating the rainbow, then you're eating uh, all all the five five food groups or whatever it is. Well, when when you're eating the rainbow, you're looking to choose foods that are unprocessed and that have a lot of fiber and color, right? Um, mm-hmm. But even even the, the color white, like garlic and onions and mushrooms, those are fantastic as well. But, but really choosing a wide variety. Um, there, there's a gastroenterologist who recommends 30 different uh, choices in a week, 30 different flavors, colors um, of the rainbow uh, to really optimize the wow. microbiome so you get the best fiber there. So maybe making that a fun little game at the table to write down how, how you're doing with your choices. I think um, getting rid of the processed food, I think it's just so, so addictive. Just, you know, you just think about ice cream and, you know, you're, you're heading to the freezer. So just uh, not, not bringing that stuff. Uh, to, it's too easy to overconsume the junk food right. and the extra calories and the fat because the, the way that that food is created is designed to uh, make us crave it even more. So I think that's great. Um, and then again, I think just going going for the walk and um, trying to make sure you're getting great sleep and connecting with other people. Um, it, we, we can't really underestimate the power of a good night's sleep. It's, it's really core for our, our muscle function and our recovery, our hormones. But it's also important for our emotional state. So if we underdo it on our REM sleep, we're more likely to uh, struggle emotionally. And if we underdo it with our deep sleep, then we're we're more likely to have physical problems, um, more likely to be injured. So making sure that you're in bed long enough to get both your your deep sleep and your REM sleep. Uh, looking at uh, a few more things, and then we'll definitely wrap it up here. Um, it, it 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 really would behoove you well to uh, go out and uh, 
after you eat and try to walk for 10 minutes but uh, but 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 to go out and exercise and get outside even in winter time is an important aspect especially if the old sun is out there uh, because yep. you want to absorb the vitamin D which I would imagine even if it's a cloudy day, can you still absorb vitamin D? Does the sun work that way where yeah. even though you don't see it, you're still getting the benefits of it? So in, in Michigan, the, the, the question has two answers. Getting outside in the winter in Michigan is still great for your circadian rhythms mm -hmm. and getting to sleep at night. So having that morning exposure and sunset exposure is excellent. Um, for resetting your circadian cycle. However, the amount of <laughs> sunlight during the winter time in Michigan is most likely not enough for uh, that conversion to happen for right. vitamin D in the body. And this is where we want to try to get foods that may have some vitamin D in them or take a vitamin D supplement. But the light, even though you think that the light exposure is pretty grim in Michigan, it's way more than um, they, they actually measure it in. It's called Lux, L-U-X. Mm -hmm. um, the, the Lux outside is way more than anything you would get with indoor light. So um, still get outside. Yes. And you know, the, the steps controversy, as long as you're doing something and walking, <laughs> benefits yeah. you. Yet, you know, 10,000 still if you want to uh, yep. uh, maintain. maintain your weight. And if you want to lose weight or if you're losing weight, 15,000 yep. uh, steps a day is probably the goal. Yep, that's what's recommended. Okay, great. All right, I'm going to hold you to all this. But, uh, yep. uh, all right, Lisa, anything else that uh, that we have not covered that you think is important or, or, or do you want to leave uh, uh, one tip that everybody can do and get back on a, a, a path of, uh, of uh, good health and feeling good about yourself? I think one thing that everybody can do is just simply – spend five minutes thinking about their day and where their habits could maybe improve a little bit, whether it's at the grocery store with how you shop or learning uh, to cook an easy recipe. Um, but we, you know, we, we spend more money sometimes on our cars than on how we take care of ourselves. Right. And so we, we really should invest in, um, providing not only the the right ingredients but also the right social connections and having the right people who really support where you want to go with your health and um, connecting even just with one person um, even if you can't walk together because it's too icy or cold I have a friend who's in another state but we both do our walks at the same time and talk to each other while we're doing it on a treadmill so it's <laughs> Yo, you know, me, it's, it's a way to connect. You know, there might be some times where I'm getting close to midnight and I'll say, oh, I don't have my steps in for the day. And then I'll start and I'll just start walking in place. I, you know, and I'm not just like, you know, like a, a casual stroll where I will definitely work up a sweats through my shirt, you know, and, and get that. Is that beneficial to do something like that, even though you're you're just walking in place, but you're getting steps? I mean, it's registering on your uh you know, my little watch here and all that, is that beneficial as long as it's cardio or you're getting your heart moving? And I bet that is way more popular than anybody would even think. These step counters are so productive for showing you, you know, where there's opportunity to do more. And I would bet that if we were to pull everybody, if everybody was at 9,950 steps, they would do the extra 50 to get to the 10,000 before climbing the bed. I, I personally could not get in bed being at 99.50. For sure, I would do 50 running in place or jump roping in, in the house. I would do something to get to the 10,000. Okay. All right. Good. All right. That, that That's good. So so virtually any kind of physical activity is beneficial to you any way you yes. look at it. Yes. Any way you look at it. Just right. move. And don't make it too hard and don't don't make yourself so sore that you don't want to go back. Right. There we go. All right, Lisa, again, uh, you know, uh, uh, Merry Christmas, Happy New Year, Happy Holidays to you and your family. Uh, this is a podcast that not only do I look forward to every year at this time uh, of year, even though we're doing a little bit later this year than than, than previous years. 
Uh, but I know everybody else. Uh, I hear more about this podcast than virtually anyone we do all year because not only do we hear about what Red Wings do to stay in shape, but we also hear what they, the everyday person, the average Joe and the average Joanne, uh, uh, can, can, can do to uh, uh, to make their life uh, a little bit better and so that they can enjoy a long, healthy, productive life. Lisa, thank you very, very much. Lisa McDowell, Red Wing Team Nutritionist, always great to have you uh, on the Red and White Authority. Thank you. Thank you, Art.